Some research has been done to identify the safest seats on an aeroplane. Um, are you listening to this, everybody? Because uh, let's, let's be honest, it's getting a bit ripe out there. One of these things could fall out of the sky at any minute. There's been a few turned around, engines falling off, there's livestock running around the cabin. Who knows? Firstly, pick the right airline too. I was on an Air Garuda flight once, and uh, when it landed, we all clapped. Oh. That's not a great sign, is it? When you go, when you're actual thankful. Uh, my, a friend of mine, this is back when you could smoke on an aeroplane, he was on a Garuda flight from, uh, I think, Malaysia to Bali. And about halfway in, they turned the plane around and they said, uh, we've got to uh, return the plane, don't worry, everything's fine, we're getting another plane. So what he did is he put his cigarette butt in the ashtray on his armrest. <laughs> and when he came back, he said, is this a new plane? They go, yeah. He opened up his ashtray and his oh. cigarette butt was in it. Oh. <laughs> I, I, said, I said to my old man once who's, who's uh, flown for a lot of airlines, and he, I said, what, what do you ever fly? He goes, Air Garuda and Aeroflot. <laughs> 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 Which was the the, the old the old the old Russian one? He reckons uh, uh, jalopy was a word he used, I think. Uh, but look at this. So the findings of Time Magazine investigation examined thirty five years of data, and have said that the back third of the plane, the cheap seats, uh, is the safest. Thirty two percent fatality rate as opposed to the ones up the front. They're the worst. I think the I think the pilot's cooked. Mm. Um, he has to sit there. Back third um, is the safest. I still, you know, look to me as long as your seat's in the upright position and the meal tray's tucked away. I can't see how. <laughs> and your head's tucked and, in your knees, yeah. <laughs> and your seatbelt's on. I mean, what kind of fiery inferno could get you? <laughs> You're way out in front. Let's not overreact. Oh. Uh, let's go to cinemas. Uh, now, this is a bold plan. Cinemas are, are thinking of charging more for prime cinema seats. So, you know, it's the same price. You walk in, seat yourself. No. Uh, they're going to have pricing for those ones that are at the front or the sides or ones that have a better line of sight. So, basically, when you walk into a cinema now, uh, this is a new chain in America that's introducing this, there's basically going to be a hierarchy. There'll be like a members section, an, an outer standing room, uh, a VIP section, probably monitored by a bouncer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Or a couch section. You know what I wouldn't mind? Seat fillers, you know, for a shit film or, oh. or a chick flick. You <laughs> can just get it in. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you guys like to sit when it comes to watching a film? Well, first of all, get me back to the, back to the plane. I mean, come on. I okay, mean, sure. Is, 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 is there any such data as a safe seat in a plane? I don't think so. If it's going down, you're gone. No matter where you're yep. sitting. And I'm, and I don't like talking about this when I'm about to jump on a plane on Friday to go to Perth either, because it seems to be that I'm a bad flyer and I don't like data coming out suggesting that. It, I, I, for the record, and I by like the way, I, I, by the way, I've got a really bad feeling about that flight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, You're a buffhead. You, you know what? It's nothing in a couple of vodka. It's nothing in a couple of vodkas won't help. Right, you, you'll be right. Just try and break Booty's record. <laughs> 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 
And you'll be happy. Get him to drive it along the Nullarbor. Don't even take off. Just That's go. what I reckon. That's there what I reckon. We go. <laughs> and still get there pretty quick, I reckon. I'm with you. <laughs> um, you'll be right. You don't like to fly. Where do you sit in a cinema, MG? Uh, usually on the edges, on the fringes. There's You know them seats that have maybe three or four seats on the on the wings? I like, uh, I like there because they're, they're less populated and you've got less chance of what I did once when I was at the cinema with my daughter. Um, yep. There was four, pe- four people in the cinemas, and it was me, my daughter, and my mate, and two other people about ten metres away. So I've put my feet up on, on the seat, yeah. and all of a sudden this bloke said from nowhere, "Hey, get your stinky feet away from me!" I went, "I beg your pardon." Uh, he's a brave man. And we're watching Tintin. I remember. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember vividly. And my daughter was three. And she still talks about it. She says, Dad, remember that time you put your feet up on the seat and that bloke? I said, do you remember? She goes, yep, I never want to watch Tintin again in my life. <laughs> Looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. step back against very good defense here made him earn it lebron you are the nba's all-time scoring leader congratulations lebron james to be able to be in the presence of such a legend and great as kareem it, it means so much to me it's very humbling please give a standing ovation to the to the captain please to my beautiful wife my daughter my two boys my friends my boys my family my mother and everybody that's ever been a part of this run with me the last 20 years, 20 plus years, I just want to say I thank you so much because I wouldn't be me without y'all. All y'all help, all y'all passion, all y'all sacrifices helped me get to this point. I would never, ever in a million years uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, man, thank you guys. <laughs> What a phenomenal effort yesterday from uh, LeBron James, who chased down a 38-year record from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 38,388 points was the record. He eclipsed that yesterday with a a 38-point haul against uh, OKC, and at 3.56 yesterday, all eyes were on it. So now I suppose, guys, the the chat turns to, the water cooler chat turns to, who is the GOAT of the NBA? And... Look, recency bias will tell you that LeBron has a lot of fans for those who are probably 30 and, and younger. Um, I know all my kids love Le- LeBron, um, but I th- I still maintain that Michael Jordan changed the way that basketball was played. And all of a sudden, once Michael Jordan started playing above the ring, everyone started to play above the ring. And the endorsements that followed Michael Jordan, I think uh, the players today appreciate exactly what he did for them. Uh Jordan thirty points, thirty point one points a game. Um, LeBron twenty seven point two championships. LeBron's won four. Um, uh, MJ's won six. And the points, I think the the points haul yesterday gets LeBron closer, Mickey. But I still maintain that I think Michael Jordan is the goat of of the NBA. I'd like to put Phil Smythe into that conversation too. Uh, <laughs> what a great, what a, what a great player. He, 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 he's the goat when it comes to athletes with comb-overs. Uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You said it, it's broken down largely on age difference and who was, yes. who was supporting who. LeBron James, how old is he now? Can 38. I 38. 38. I think his goal is to keep playing until his son gets there so he can play 
basketball with his son. What an achievement that would be. He's still probably ranked in the top eight to ten players in the NBA. He's probably not in the conversation for the best anymore. But at age 38, he's still doing it. Um, that's an incredible... I, You know what? I, I, I'm not going to... I'm going to withhold my opinion because I don't know the game well enough, to be honest. Yep. But I know you're firmly in the uh, Michael Jordan camp. Yes? Yes, I am. And, and well, Cat's Cat? A, Cat play, yeah, Cat played NBA, uh, at a very high level in college in America. What's your thoughts? I'm LeBron, but I also generationally, I grew up playing at the same time as LeBron was coming through the NBA. And I just think with his, his fourth on the assists ladder as well, so he's a team player along with all other elite point guards. And when MJ was playing, he was training like an elite sportsman. The rest were on the bags, on the whiskeys the night before the game. <laughs> so LeBron is the athlete of the athletes. So to be that person right now, you have to be the GOAT because mm. everyone's so athletic now. Why don't we do this? Uh, go, let's go around the sports and say, oh. is there a GOAT for every particular sport that you can think of, and who is that? One, oh, triple, three, five, three. Have you got any ideas that stand out to you, MG, straight off well, the bat? Okay, well, let's go. I suppose ice hockey, you've got Wayne Gretzky. Um, Gretzky, you've NFL, the great you've one. Got, yeah, you've got probably Tom Brady um, with NFL. You've got Serena Williams. Uh, who, who's the golf in? Who's the, the goat in golf? Is it Jack Nicklaus well, or is it, is it Tiger? Is it the Golden Bear or Tiger Woods? I, you know, I'm always going to say Tiger. But, uh, yep, the stats don't lie, do they? Let's do this. Come on. Give us a call, one triple three five three, and we'll uh, name the sport and name the GOAT. By the way, I think uh, in terms of teams, you have to recognise the Harlem Globetrotters. They never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never once <laughs> lost to the Washington Generals. I mean, that is a 100% record. What a, what a team. What, they're, they're under the radar, I tell you what. Uh, we've already gone through a few sports ourselves, but let's get into the listeners. Uh, Craig, what's the sport and who's the GOAT? Uh, well, you've got to be talking about the finest tuned athlete in the world, Phil Taylor, the dark. <laughs> oh, I mean, times world champion. No one's near him. Sixteen no. times. You're dead right. We've had a lot of calls, uh, mostly from people with accents like yours, uh, <laughs> su suggesting that he is the greatest sportsman of all time. Craig, why isn't darts an Olympic sport? Oh, I it don't should know. Be. It should be. We might win a few more gold if it was. You would indeed, Craig. Thanks for the call, Phil Taylor. Head and shoulders above the rest in that caper. Anthony's on the line. Anthony, who's the? what's the sport and who's the GOAT? Oh, cricket, and it's got to be the Don, mate. Yeah. It's got to be Don Bradman, doesn't it? It's no so... One's near him. No yeah, one is near him. No one is near him. That that record, what's what's his average? 99.94. 94, correct weight. And you know what, though? Here's what happened. He got out for a duck in his last innings. He let himself down. He let his country down. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The great Don Bradman, uh, head and shoulders above the best. You know, you know you're in the vernacular when people say he was the Bradman of this or the Bradman yeah, of that. Yeah, that's right. That's I mean, right. That automatically stamps you as the best. Scott's on the line. Scott, uh, who's the GOAT? G'day all. Um, cycling, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> now you're trying to you're, you're trying you're to you're the, trying you're to upset the, the locals, aren't you? <laughs> no, look, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be hitting people on the side of the road with all those people riding their bikes if it wasn't for Lance Armstrong. Even, even <laughs> this day, one of his, his podcasts is still listened and viewed by millions. People still loved Lance Armstrong. It's only the the left wing loonies 
that don't like Lance Armstrong. Okay, Mate, Lance. Okay, how about, how about the fact that he? How about the fact he's a he's a synchronised yeah. cheat? Do we want to go back? No. I don't no, think we no, do. I don't I reckon like we do. This. Yep. Was, he, was he right? Was he winding us up? Or was he just <laughs> think he was genuine? Yeah, that, might, that might have been Scott Armstrong. Yeah. Was that Scott last name Armstrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's his cousin. Anthony is on the line. What's the sport? And who's the goat, Anthony? Yeah, good morning, Mick. Uh, a toss-up between Roger Federer with tennis. Um, just apart from the 20 titles, I mean, he yeah. played in that great era, uh, yeah. but he just did it with such touch and grace and all the rest of it. But the sure, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to put Wally Masur in there too. Yeah. Just feel he was... Yeah, and and Phil Dent. But the other one is Walter Lindrum in billiards. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yes, but good one. Dominated. He was unbelievable. Uh, you never see him do a lap around the table with his pants around his ankles. He was the, he was the Bradman of billiards, as they he say. Was. He genuinely uh, lost it. Let's go past oh, I've got one for Paul. Yes, mate. I've got one for, what about Heather Mackay in squash? Absolutely. Well, we, we don't talk about squash enough. We used to be world champions at squash in this country. We were far yeah. away the best. I'd love to see us return to that. You're right. Uh, very good. Paul's on the line. Uh, sport and the goat, please. Uh, yeah, Valentino Rossi, MotoGP. Yes. Absolutely. I, I cannot uh, agree with you more strongly. He's been around for so long and he has been successful for so long. When he changed teams, when he left Honda, yep. he went to Yamaha. That is one of the greatest efforts of all time and took him took him to a championship. Unbelievable. And you know what? Most most of these guys, when they fall off a bike, are never the same again. If you yeah. ever look at all the greats, it, it dawns on them that, oh, this is quite dangerous. The fact that he was still up until last year riding a bike is incredible. I tell you what, uh, let's go to Jed. From the gong, uh, who's the goat? What's the sport? Surfing, Kelly Slater. Yes. Yep. I think you might be right there. I yep. think that's a clear tick. Not a lot of debate. Has been at his best for so long. And what a great sport to pick. Oh, if yeah. you've got to be the yeah. best at his sport, to me, it would be golf or surfing because, like, it, we'll put it this way, if you're 10-pin bowling, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You're inside, you're on a lane, and you're 10-pin bowling. But if you're playing those sports, you can go to the most beautiful, exotic locations anywhere in the world and play your craft. Well played. Yeah. Uh, both of you. Glenn's on the line. Glenn, sport and goat, please. Yeah, g'day, guys. Uh, I think it's got to be our very own Stephen Bradbury for ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves special recognition in uh, in the sport. Whether it's goat or not, maybe. Uh, but thanks for your input, Glenn. Scotty, uh, who are you thinking? What's the sport? Who's the athlete? How you going, guys? I'd have to say it's the Winter Olympics uh, ski jump legend, Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> he, again, has etched his own place in sporting history, but we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll hey, quick one. With a question without notice to UMG, NRL, yes. uh, oh. educate me. In your opinion, uh, who is okay. the GOAT? NRL, I think Cameron Smith is the best player that I've ever seen. I've, I, I've, there's uh, Andrew Johns is up there, Wally Lewis is up there, um, but I think the best I've ever seen, and for the longevity, a bit like LeBron, yep. um, I suppose he's he played so long, he's he's broken every record, and he done it with a, the body of an accountant. He didn't look like a regular <laughs> player. 
<laughs> for, for mine, it's, it's Cameron Smith is the, is the, uh, is the rugby. What, what about AFL? Who's, I, who's the I best you've seen AFL? Tony Lockett for me. But wow. uh, I also think Dusty, but I'm, I'm biased, of course. But yeah. I think Tony Lockett in my lifetime, seen with my own eyes, wow. uh, it would be Tony Lockett. But I tell you, I reckon you might have started a whole different talkback <laughs> section on this show today because phones are lighting up everywhere. You've just thrown a hand grenade into the room, <laughs> oh, MG. Yes, all right. I will just finish this before, before we get there. Uh, Ross Sport, please. Uh, MG, Mickey, Cut, morning. Hello, yes, what's the sport? Uh, we've got uh, motorsport and we've got Larry Perkins. Larry Perkins. He, How do you, what, no, no Peter Brock? No, look, at the end of the day, Peter Brock never owned a team and, and ran one successfully. Um, Larry Perkins also ran a race from last to first and he um, also uh, achieved a lot overseas and winning a lot of championships um, racing right. in Europe before he came back to Australia. You've done your homework. Well done, right. Ross. Darren's on the line. Uh, sport and goat, please. How you going, guys? Uh, for me, definitely horse racing. We got Winks. Uh, don't Winks. Winks. Yeah. Well, we've seen a hit. You put ahead of Macaulay Diva. Macaulay Diva, far up. I think Winks like is one of the best. I uh, put up there as the goat. All right, and, and just to point out, MG Macaulay Diva, of course. Let's go to Ben, uh, the goat, please. Oh, we got uh, Leo, Leo Messi for football and uh, Michael Schumacher for F one. Oh yeah, uh, Michael Schumacher close. Uh, then you'll get an argument there, but it's not as clear cut as other sports. And Lionel Messi, well, they just buried a bloke called Pelé, oh. who was who was pretty good too. We're going to talk woke stuff that's cancelled because there's an episode <laughs> of Faulty Towers that's been cancelled. They're going to reboot it. Good luck showing all the old stuff. Uh, only in America, we're going to talk about State of the Union and gun laws. Uh, MG's going to talk about the GOAT, which sport, who's the guy. So much to get through, gender reveals, but let's start with the big one. Rich pampered, <laughs> rich, rich, rich pampered animals. I, this, I, uh, I am so conflicted because I am an animal lover, make no mistakes. Nothing gives me greater joy in this world uh, than a good pet. Um, a, a good companion. It's, you know, it's true. And, I, you know, I don't trust people who don't like dogs. Well, it's as simple as that. If you don't like dogs, uh, you're going to struggle to crack it with me. But I'm talking about these pampered, new age, foppish pets, mainly cats, maybe cats from the internet. I don't know what the relationship between cats and the internet is. Ever since that the grumpy cat with a cat playing a piano... Yeah. The first thing, do you remember the cat <laughs> right, playing the cat. piano? <laughs> the orange cat, yep. Oh, my God. These were the first things to ever go viral yep. uh, on the internet. We all go, oh, the internet's going to change the world. The internet's going to make it a better place. Yeah, let's watch a cat playing the piano. What a bunch <laughs> of dicks. Um, so Australia has its first influencer cat. Uh, it's now raking in a staggering amount of money, $63,000 last year. Has 160,000 Instagram followers and dresses oh, up wow. as a chef. <laughs> MG, MG, do you have any pets, MG? Let me first be a little bit controversial here. Uh, sure. I'm not, a, I'm not a cat lover. I just don't like You're cats. not a cat lover. Well, I'm sorry. Let, yeah. let the hate I, mail I, commence. I love dogs. I've had dogs all my life. We had, do- we had cats when I was a, uh, a young bloke and... 
one day I was walking to school and I saw my cat walk out, come out of a drain. And I thought, well, that's not real hygienic. If my cat's living in drains, I don't think I want to have, have it in my house. So, so hence, I've never had cats since. I, I, I'm, I'm not got nothing against people who have cats, but I'm mm. not a cat lover. I'm not a cat lover, sorry. I'm not a lover of the pampered pets, uh, to be honest. And <laughs> this is one of them. Let's have a look at the other ones. So other, other cats... There's a cat called Nala Cat that's worth $100 million. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, 4.3 million Instagram followers. Holds a Guinness Book of Records for most followers. Olivia Benson is the name of Taylor Swift's cat. Its net worth is $97 million. It's got its own website. <laughs> and what about this, remember this one? Gunther the dog oh, is worth yeah, here five. We go. Listen, <laughs> Gunther is a German shepherd, is worth $500 million. That's half a billion dollars. <gasps> Uh, he inherited a late German countess's multi-million dollar trust and has it all from mansions, private jets, <laughs> and uh, delicate meat and caviar. Man. Yeah, and apparently we'll only drink sparkling toilet water. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you have to put a bucket on its head, insist it's a champagne bucket. <laughs> and, 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 and he'll only chase imported cars. You know what I mean? The good ones. He's not just going <laughs> to... I if, mean, if I'm a stray but, dog, I'm after, I'm after Gunther. If I'm a stray dog oh, out in the streets, where does Gunther live? Let's go to his. If, house. if you're a little gold digger, you'd let Gunther <laughs> hump your leg. <laughs> he can hump anyone's leg he wants. As for stops, you know, call me old fashioned, but what happened to the days when dogs got a can of pal and a squeaky toy? And that was it. That's true. <laughs> you know, well, look, I look at these dog shows and they're full of all these. Yeah, punsy dogs uh, that are well manicured and a beat of the hairdresser. Okay, they're dogs. They're dogs. What about what about some events the dogs might enjoy, like you know, riding in the back of a ute, <laughs> licking your balls. I don't know, dragging your ass around in circles on the ground. <laughs> you know, biting a sprinkler. I mean, uh. this is the stuff. Something for the dogs. Um, I, I want to talk to people, if they want to give us a call, one triple three five three about pampered pets today, because this is oh, too much. Wow. You know, hey, MG, I'll tell you this is a true story. I've got a mate of mine, he's a vet, he has a Louis Vuitton dog basket Yeah, for his dog. <laughs> a Louis, I, that, you know, that dog, well, I don't want to put it down, but I'm just saying, there's a little... <laughs> It's not Do you know a pampered pet? Have you got one? Have you got a friend who goes to insane lengths? Give us a call, one triple three five three. I'm over this. Gunther the dog is worth <laughs> half a billion dollars. Man, they're queuing up to sniff his bot bot. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a song. And... What do you mean? He's got a song, apparently. I'll get Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like Ross. When his owner wants to <laughs> smack him on the nose with the rolled up newspaper, he has to use the Financial Times. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Hey, here's one for you. What about Lady Gaga's dogs? So remember someone tried to steal her dogs and her dog walker got shot. The guy oh. who walks her, mm-hmm. she's got three, what are they, French bulldogs. Yep. yep. Right. Two of the do- stolen dogs were returned unharmed after Gaga offered... $500,000 reward, yet nothing for the dog walker who got shot. <laughs> you can shoot the dog walker. She stepped over his body and goes, God, oh, I need my dog's back. <laughs> I, I don't understand. It's Steve's on the line. Steve, uh, you, you've, you've got a spoiled pet, have you? 
No, buddy, not me. Um, but I, uh, I, I short pissed off the owner of one. Okay, what? How? How is it spoiled? So we, uh, we were walking. It was just walking our dog with the kids, and it was a fluffed up little, um, I don't know, little sort of Shih Tzu thing that looked like it had a perm and a blow wave. And <laughs> she uh, swooped and picked up her dog because our dog went up to say hello. And she goes, "Oh, keep your big mutt away from our, uh, from my uh, fur baby." And I said, yeah. how about I keep my dog and my skin dogs away as well? And she oh. goes, what, what, what do you mean a skin dog? And I said, well, if you can call your pet a fur baby, then I can refer to my children as a skin dog. And <laughs> her head just sort of almost twisted off and she nearly exploded. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good chat we've just had with Steve. It <laughs> refers to his kids as skin dogs. <laughs> Uh, I've got twin skin dogs. <laughs> hey, Lenny. Hey, 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 Josh has joined us in the studio. Josh uh, helps us out here on the technical side. Uh, have you had a contact with a spoiled dog? Or? Uh, it's one of my good mates. So um, she has uh, two French bulldogs, paid yeah. six grand for one of them and ten grand for the other. And yeah. I don't know if you know, French bulldogs are known for having a lot of health problems, so breathing problems leg problems, and they've spent over $100,000 on vet bills for these two dogs. <laughs> and they're shocking dogs. Why would you want brother? <laughs> okay. Call me old-fashioned, but whatever happened to doggy heaven? I mean, <laughs> oh, I, don't know, I don't know how many times my old man did a course yeah. of and my childhood went, well, you might want to say goodbye to Max. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, off to doggy heaven. As a dog would sit in the back of a station wagon as it drove off to the local vet. Well, even more brutal was my dad. I saw, one day I said, "Where's Pebbles?" And uh, he said, "Out there." And there was a bloody mound of in the backyard, like Pebbles had perished while at. <laughs> Thanks for the heads Pebbles, up, Dad. Pebbles had perished while at school. I did that. Where's Pebbles? He's he's under the pebbles. <laughs> Cat. Did you have an encounter? Oh, I had to puppy sit a sausage dog that oh had quite God. a oh. social media profile and I got given strict instructions over the weekend of posting photos oh and it God. needed to be at the certain times of the day where it got the most traffic. And one I posted of it really cute on its back and she called yeah. me from her holiday and said, that's not a great angle for pickles. Wow. Can you please take that down? <laughs> wow. And you said... Go F yourself. I certainly did. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. Checking the latest online. It's Mick Talk. Can we take that phone out of the intro? Over to my panic. I panic. Phones on, on air. Um, what are we doing today? What's, what's trending? I'll tell you what's trending. Bluey's trending. Yes. Uh, the uh, classic Australian animated series. There it is. That's a good ringtone or something, isn't it? It's, it's fantastic. Uh, so I've been on it, of course. Uh, one of the voices uh, of Bluey. See you, Chippy. Oh, is Chocolate Milk, I mean Chippy, not going with you? No, he's got a lift. Yep, there I am, <laughs> bringing it. How many, takes style. How, how many takes did that take you? I uh, mean, it doesn't matter how many takes, MG. How many? It's, how many? it's, it's 22. <laughs> <laughs> you try and get inside the head of an animated dog playing a tradie. It's not as easy as you think. By the way, still the only character on that series 
ever to be animated with arse crack. Oh, I love it. And it's unbelievable. I should sue them. I should sue them. Um, that was a good episode of Bluey. Apart from the end where Bluey got uh, put down. <laughs> Um, I thought that was a bit much. <laughs> hey, listen, gee, listen to this. Uh, but this is the Americans now are all confused by Bluey. They love this series, by the way. They've taken it in. You know when they have that Macy's Day parade and they have the big balloons. Yep. And then they once you made that, you have been canonised. You are absolutely big time. Actually, that'd be a good spy balloon, wouldn't it? Oh, one, one, of the, one of the balloons from the Macy's Day Parade. Is that Bluey? <laughs> is, is a giant Bluey spying on us? Uh, let's get to it. Australian cartoon Bluey is one of the country's most successful shows. Blah, blah, we know that. Yeah. But some details are apparently lost in translation for American viewers. And they're referring to a particular scene where an object is sighted in the background and they've been trying to work out what the hell the object is. Uh, is it a bottle of wine? Uh, they wonder. It turns out it's a friggin' cricket bat, you dicks. Of course it is. To my eye, it's a cricket bat, and it's nothing else but these idiots uh, over there who's so xenophobic and uh, wouldn't know anything that happens outside their own country are thinking it's some kind of sinister message. It's probably from QAnon. It's a. <laughs> It's a QAnon <laughs> bluey message. I don't know. Hey, Yanks, it's a cricket bat. That is. All right. It's nothing Get else. With no wine bottles. Come right. on, it's bluey. Can yeah. you play the theme again? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> ah, that's the stuff. <laughs> I want to talk about Faulty Towers for just a minute and the news that John Cleese is going to revive the series um, this is oh. probably the most iconic sitcom of all time. Um, I think they only made eight episodes, but you know every one of them. You've recited lines from them. Uh, John Cleese, of course, played Basil Fawlty. <laughs> He'll be returning to write and star oh, uh, wow. alongside his daughter, Camilla Cleese. She just has a whiff of the Godfather 3 about it. <laughs> um... The classic show ran in 75 uh, and 79. It's it's iconic, and it's a reboot, which worries me. Reboots are always tough. Remember they did the Ameri- – and by the Americans too. The Americans tried to do a reboot of Absolutely Fabulous, Ab Fab. Mm. Yeah. And then when they saw it, they said, we want you to do it, but we want you to cut out all the drug and sex references. Okay. We had no show. That's, that's the show. <laughs> that is the show, you idiots. So I'm worried about what a what a reboot might be. Um, the first episode will be all about hotel getting shut down when the union rocks up to complain about Manuel's mistreatment. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Faulty, Mr. Faulty. Uh, yeah. Hotel will be empty thanks to Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be flooded with bad reviews from Google. I mean, how many shows from this era? And, and by the way, I want to point out that famously uh, there was an episode canned uh, mm. by either TV4, I think it was, The Germans, which is one of the most popular episodes, has been banned uh, and was taken off their their list because uh, basically, it was considered no longer PC. It was offensive on racial lines. Oh, uh, and the episode was the Germans. <laughs> do, do we have a clip? 
Listen, don't mention the war. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it all right. <laughs> don't mention the, the war. Is uh, people use that phrase now uh, as part of the vernacular? Uh, you worry about other shows, Happy Days, like that. Had, you know, uh, you know, Fonzie'd be locked up today. He would be. For, for being for being an adult hanging out with school kids. He's the original Toolie. <laughs> By today's standards, Fonzie is a Toolie. Yeah. Hogan's Heroes, you mentioned oh. that might struggle. Not sure a light-hearted, affable Nazis would go down. <laughs> That will these days. Hey, sitcom set in a concentration camp. Brilliant. Uh, who ever thought of that? I dream love of Jeannie. Love thy neighbour. Love thy neighbour. Love thy neighbour. Well, it's kind of in a different camp. They dream of Jeannie. I dream of Jeannie. That was uh, that. That'd be hashtag me too. Keeping a woman in a bottle <laughs> and giving <laughs> you wishes and making her do stuff for you all day long. Um, but. Let's talk about Foldy Towers and the cancelling of that episode and how the Woke Brigade can get in here and cancel stuff uh, that we have loved or do love. And it started there uh, with Faulty Towers. I can think of others. We had this conversation the other day when yep. we were talking uh, about what's Tom Jones. Hmm. Uh, Delilah is no longer allowed to be sung by the crowd at games of rugby union uh, because the following lyrics are deemed offensive. Okay, could be a reference to domestic violence. Can we just adapt the lyric? If it's that offensive, I mean, the guy played at the AFL Grand Final in front of a, a family crowd prior to. I don't think the people throwing their underpants at his gigs really no. care about the lyric. They love the song. Can we make yeah. it happen? Uh, there's so many examples of this. The Rolling Stones aren't allowed to do brown sugar anymore because of oh. offensive lyrics. Can you take out the offensive lyrics but allow them to play it in concert? Have we got mm. the lyric there, Kat? We do. There it is right there. It's a reference to slavery. If, if people, and in the times that have changed, it's unacceptable. Can we just change the lyric? Not Tinker. Kick the song out. Tash, have you got anything on this front that's offended you or that you think that uh, the woke brigade have got to? Well, Flying High is one of my favourite movies. <laughs> it's a great film. <laughs> You've got to have a very demented sense of humour to enjoy it's it, brilliant. which I do. It's brilliant on every level. But now I watch it and I think, oh, my gosh, I don't know whether that would be acceptable today. It wouldn't. Especially with Norberg. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Sniffing what, glue? <laughs> yeah, but it's comedy. I, I think, you know, comedy, by the way, does not age well in this in the woke category. No, if no. you go back and have a look yes. at anything from the very start, had it been done. J.K. Rowling, this is one of the big ones for me. They, she's, because she speaks freely and speaks her mind in mm. relation to women and her definition of a woman, doesn't have to be everyone's opinion, but she's had it and she's voiced it. And she's gone. And they had it like it was a 20-year reunion or something for uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. They had all the stars, all the actors, all the directors, everything, except J.K. Rowling. And I thought, you people, would none of you would be there if it wasn't for the great work of J.K. Rowling. One, two, three, five, three. Atia, what do you think is we've lost? What have we lost from culture uh, because of the woke brigade?
You don't have to watch it too either, guys. It's not. Well, that's. that's it's, it's not compulsory, okay? And this is. If yeah. I'm going to say my beef about diversity, and there's calls for people to be more understanding of diversity, yet the people calling for it will not allow a diversity of opinion. That's what mm-hmm. I like. They, they demand that you think exactly like them, and if you don't, for any reason, you're cooked. And so, so, that, so to saying me. That- yeah. Saying that about the uh, you know the Germans and whatnot, there's okay, you know Hogan's heroes, but yet there's if you go to Netflix now, you'll see documentary after documentary on Adolf Hitler. So why isn't that cancelled? Well, it's it's historical. Who knows? I, I don't quite get it, mate. I don't understand the whole culture. Jeff's on the line. Jeff, uh, what have we lost, mate? Thanks to the the new world order. Yes. Uh, good morning, uh, Valet Baywatch. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I, I remember, you know, I used to uh, be about 15, 14, 15, and, you know, when it come on, <laughs> once a week you get your Pop-Tarts and your popcorn ready, you turn the lights down, and boom. Now you, just, <laughs> now you click on, uh, okay, now you click on OnlyFans. And you... Yep, okay. Jeffrey, <laughs> kids in cars, uh, mate. Uh, what about grid girls? I mean, I know I have two friends who were grid girls, and they love the experience. Yep. Now. It just to me, it doesn't have to have good girls and boys. I don't care. But well, if people are having fun girls. and it adds some colour and movement, or if you're going to the basketball and they, you can have a bit of a play, why the hell not? And another mm. one, okay, this is slightly more controversial, like the you know the ring girls in the at boxing. Yep. You know what I mean, they really did add. <laughs> well, they're still there. They're still there, but oh, yet some of some of them right. are getting cancelled, and the girls are saying, "Well, how are we going to earn? How are we going to earn money?" I know. I mean, it's the, the have oct- yeah. There, yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. Thanks, uh, Michael's on the line. Michael, uh, what's what's going the way of the dodo? Hey guys, great <laughs> to hear your voice on the radio together. It's it's Thank awesome you. to hear you. Uh, um, now, you. You, you guys may not uh, know this, but my dad uh, was a uh, ex rugby league referee back in uh, the day, back in Western Sydney, Penrith area, all the way from yep. from there to Mount, Mount Stewart. Uh, he's uh, the organising organisation organised things throughout the year. One of them was Cracker Night, in oh, reference to Guy Fawkes. They got yes, rid of it, sir. obviously because fireworks are too dangerous. But I have vivid memories throughout the late seventies and early eighties of going to Cracker Nights. Cracker Night was a rites of passage. Yes, yep. you could come home with one less finger, but it was just a load of fun and a well, learning experience, right? So it was, it was Mickey. It was the best, the best nights ever, and they were controlled. And that's you know, also from that era, I remember if I did something wrong, my mum would smack me on the bum. Okay, and I know this is a little bit, you know, this this is kind of a a taboo, you know, stature these days. What you talk about, but. I, a smack on the bum with the kids for, for a deterrent. Um, is you're, that, is you're, that a bad thing? You're, you're pro-smacking kids? Oh, I, I, I have been. I, I did. I, I, I am. And not necessarily my own. <laughs> it's every, I'm, I'm going to smack, in, smack any kid. If I walk up to someone in a supermarket and smack go, come here. Across the head. And there you go. Uh, we'll take Ben. Ben, uh, what's, uh, what, what's gone missing for you? Morning, guys. It's got to be fast food supersizing being cancelled. Oh, Who doesn't love a really big feed occasionally, particularly when you're hungover? I love it. Good call. Bring back supersizing. And we've been joined live in the studio by a good friend of mine. He's an an author. He's, uh, well, a sports writer. 
He's a comedian, and we do a podcast together called Sports Bazaar, um, where he does all the heavy lifting. Please welcome <laughs> Titus O'Reilly. Yay. How are you, Titus? Oh. Yes, you know his work, MG. I certainly do. I love his hat, his fedora. He's, he's, he's got the glasses. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the suit. And, he lo- and he's right up my alley because I love bizarre sports stories too, Titus. Yes, yes. Well, that's your that's your really the strength of our, of our podcast. And this episode we've just done is John Daly, John, your spirit animal, my spirit animal, John Daly, which is the highest rating podcast so far. And it's we're only halfway. We've got a second episode, two parter, two parter. A man that refused to. He, he literally said, "I've never drunk water." I, I refuse to let it pass my lips. He drank Diet Coke and beer and whiskey. That's the only it. water would have been in a watered-down beer <laughs> somewhere. Tune into the second episode because it goes absolutely bonkers. In the meantime, though, I know Latrell Mitchell and, and the incident in Canberra, the wrestling, captured your yeah. imagination. Are you not impressed by this? Well, we were talking about this. We were talking about how nightclubs not great places for sports people but even right. this is like it's pretty low-end stuff if you go a friendly wrestle it's well, horseplay it's, it's, horse- it's horseplay it's shenanigans <laughs> one of my favorites was the you know the great soccer player ronald dino he played barcelona ac milan and yep. this shows you the difference in you know between when he went back to brazil to play he was 41 so we talk about lebron being 38 he was yeah. 41 he decides i'm going back to brazil to play yeah. and he has put in his contract a stipulation that he's allowed to go out to nightclubs two nights a week. <laughs> what, back to back? back can he do, whenever can he he wanted, do two in a row? It, or it, can he... it literally said, I'm allowed to go to nightclubs twice a week with no fines or other repercussions. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, I, want, I want his agent. So, Latrell, get on to your agent. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. So. Oh, it's fantastic. But that's not even the best one of these is... This you have to go right back in time, but in 1919 there was this guy called Ray Caldwell. He was right. a, he was a pitcher in baseball, he, and he was a night owl, Mick, much like yourself. Yes. And he was a big drinker, and his <laughs> talent like yourself, was wasted. Yeah. Bit like yourself, bit like all of us. And yeah. his talent was wasted because he, of this. Yes, and so he kept getting, and he was on his last like chance. And the Cleveland Indians are out rigging him. The manager says, "Here's a new contract," and puts it in front of him. Says, "We're willing for you to come to us." Yes. And he says, "Okay." And then he reads it and goes, you've left out a word. It says that I've got to get drunk after every game I pitch. <laughs> you've left out the word I'm not to get drunk. And the manager said, no, you are to get drunk after every game you play. It's in your contract that you have to. You have to wow. get drunk. And he goes, what do you mean? And he says, the idea is you come, you pitch, you go out that night and you just get written off and do whatever you want. Oh, my God. The next day you've got the day off, sleep it off. Yep. Then come in, you're going to pitch batting practice, pitch the next day, and then we rinse and repeat. Oh, wow. <laughs> he goes on to have his most winning season ever. Ever? <laughs> There's method in that madness, baby. I, I'm going to redo my Triple M contract. Yes. To, I bet you along the following lines. Oh, it's, you've got it. And the thing about this guy is when he was playing for Cleveland, it, so he starts, and within like his first game, it's brutally hot, yeah. and a storm sort of blows over Cleveland, and he's pitching, and he's got one batter to get out yeah. to finish and win the game and lightning strikes the ground and hits him directly oh wow and he's lying unconscious on the mound <laughs> with smoke coming off his, his and one of the players goes up to touch him thinking he's dead and gets an electric shock right and they say and i think because he'd had so many benders he was ready he says they he finally comes around they think he's dead he finally comes around they go to take him off and he says i got one more guy to get off <laughs> 
just point me vaguely in the direction of home plate and I'll win this game. And he did. That is fantastic. Uh, there's far worse antics than that from uh, professional sportsmen over the years. Yeah, I mean, you've got to go to soccer. And one of my favourites is the Italian striker Mario Balotelli. Now, he played for Inter Milan, <laughs> yep. AC Milan. In June 2010, him and a group of friends fired air pistols in the open in the central square of, of, of Milan. <laughs> well, just, they just let them just off. Just for fun, just okay. thought it would be funny. Yeah. Um, in days of, he once said, when I, this is the sort of guy he is. Yeah. He said, when I, he, someone, he never celebrates when he scores a goal. Okay. Someone said, why that's don't unusual. You, why don't you celebrate? And he said, when I celebrate when I score, it's because that's my job. Does the postman, when he delivers a letter, celebrate? <laughs> just so, doing my job. Just yeah. doing my job. So then he, he was, so he's in Italy playing and he gets signed by Manchester City. And with days of being signed, he gets in a car crash in England. And the police find he's carrying 5,000 pounds on him. Right. And they say, the police officer says, why have you got such a large sum of cash? And he just replies, because I am rich. Because <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> he once right. then drove into a woman's prison. He drove into a woman's prison. And when I asked why, this is in Italy, I don't think yeah. the security's great. He goes, just to have a look around. <laughs> <laughs> he's off the charts. He's, he's off the charts. And another time he threw darts at a youth team player during training because oh. it was just a prank. He then set off. Him and his mates were having a party, and they set off a firework in his, fireworks in his house. It sets yes. his house, and his house burns down. <laughs> and as a way of making him apologise, Manchester, the city of Manchester, make him their ambassador for firework safety. <laughs> that could be UMG. You, you like throwing a firecracker either at your brother or into a house or into a letterbox. Yeah, he was playing. My, 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 yeah. my real name is Mark Guy Fawkes. <laughs> uh, when he was playing for Italy, he was on the bench, and people noticed he was just watching iPad. <laughs> Who oh knows? What, I don't think what he yeah. was watching. But the, my favourite is in, in December 2011, he was on curfew because he'd been so mucking around. Yeah. Manchester City said, you can't go leave your house for, 20, for 48 hours before a game except yeah. to come into the club. And he broke it by going to a curry house. Um, he said it, it was reported he was not drinking alcohol, but he'd sign autograph, pose for pictures with fellow diners, and was involved in a mock sword fight using rolling pins. <laughs> oh. I love this guy. He's just absolutely nuts. He goes to AC Milan, and they say, we're going to put in a clause, a good behaviour clause, and they base it on the Italian Air Force requirements oh, okay. for behaviour. He's not allowed to have outrageous clothes. He's not allowed to smoke cigarettes anymore, which is not great for an athlete. No. He's not allowed to drink alcohol. And there's a ban on extravagant haircuts. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is incredible. And how did he cope with that? He wouldn't have coped he didn't well. Well, we ended up at Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I want to know about you, you've done. A, I remember a podcast. That, I, I don't know if you and Mickey did it a couple of months back. On the look, the Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl on Monday. There was a. Tell us about this player, this ex-player called Tim Rosovich. Yeah, so Tim Rosovich, who, if you remember the movie Top Gun, there's I, Val Kilmer's Iceman has a partner. That's yes. his brother. That's so his it's brother. the brother. This guy, and he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was absolutely nuts. So once he's in a team meeting and he doesn't speak for half an hour and then someone asks him a question and he opens his mouth and a bird flies out. <laughs> 
That is just <laughs> one of the stories about that great man. You're going to go, before you do, the latest episode of Sports Bazaar has dropped. It's on John Daly, who can match any of the stories you've just heard. Uh, get it where you listen to all your podcasts, and there's a second part that will come out. Um, on Monday. Thanks for swinging by, Titus. Come here, Titus. Nick Malloy, MG in the morning.